Fred and Frit, Fred and Frit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. Hey, it's the Brad and Brit cast. We're glad you're with us. It is our it's it's our two week anniversary of uh, not doing shit. And yeah, yeah. I think we uh, we owe you uh, an explanation as to uh, how that happened. And uh, actually, I'm happy to say it had uh, little or nothing to do with my health. It was a confluence of unfortunate events that included Brit's roof falling in on his house. Right. How's that? So that had some home repairs. Yeah. So that knocked knocked us out, you know, two weeks ago. And then last week, Britt, who of course is uh, ready to move out of the country if uh you know what happens in November, is starting to look around, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah where to go. Around. And so you spent a week in Puerto Rico. Puerto which of Rico. course really does that doesn't get you out from under the influence of Donald Trump no. if he becomes the president. But but on the other hand, he will treat Puerto Rico very special, <laughs> very specially if he becomes president, because we know he loves it there, and uh, you'll never run out of paper towels. Right, it was that was fun. That. We would take an Uber with a bunch of paper towels, and I just start throwing them to people when I get out. I, I, somehow they didn't appreciate that. I don't know. It's a it's like the equivalent now when you go to Hawaii, they put a they put a lay around your your neck, slap you, exactly. and tell you to get in get in the bus buddy slap you uh, <laughs> so that's uh that that's the reason we have not done these for two weeks and i'm uh happy to tell you that my my uh my health is holding good it's hanging in there i have not had to have a blood transfusion for my myelofibrosis for uh, almost a month now i've run almost a month and uh, that's just good because i'm waiting for all the things to happen so that i can get a, a stem cell transplant a bone marrow transplant and uh those those things are moving along very very well as i expected so thank you for all the good wishes and uh, I will let you know at the moment, and at, at that time, we'll have to take a uh, many-week hiatus, but uh, yeah. you know, maybe Britt will do something. Or not. Yeah, hell, I can still do it from where – it doesn't matter. I don't have to be here. So we'll see. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But that's that's weeks away. So, But uh, but overall, things are going as, as we want them to. Now, does that prevent me from coming here with a list today? No, <laughs> not at all. Here we go. Um, and we'll talk about John Stewart. Okay, Don requests a song. Tell Laura I love her. Oh God. Um, unnecessary Super Bowl audience size hype. This is where Brit defends the bullshit, and I completely destroy it. I love it. Um. Chief Justice Roberts tells Jack Smith to step on it. Uh, how did Cher say that? Step on it. No, she didn't say that. What did she no. say, Moonstruck? What did she say? What was that? Snap out of it. Snap, Snap out, out of it. it. This is the equivalent of that. Uh, proof that Super Bowl ads really do work. And the inflation genie not playing nice. 
Uh, do the do the Super Bowl numbers first because everybody loves hearing us argue over this. Okay, it's always such a fun uh, and, and deal. Right. Uh, Super Bowl for Kansas City Chiefs first four Niners was the most watched program in television history, according to a press release from CBS. <laughs> who did you? Who did you think was going to release it? Do you think the Department of Labor was going to come out with that, or who did you think was going to put that out? The show was watched by 123.4 million average viewers. 120 million of them watched on CBS, which is the largest audience for one network. The second biggest Super Bowl was 8 million people behind, which was Philadelphia and Kansas City from last year. And I contend to you that this is just bullshit because... To this day, CBS, st- and I'm not counting the moon landing, okay? The moon landing, <laughs> hang on a second. Okay. The moon landing, total number of viewers was at tops 150 million people in a much smaller country, of course, a lot fewer people. So that was a pretty high percentage of the population was watching the moon landing, but we won't count that. That's not a... A, a television program in the same sense. It's uh, it's just a world event. Uh, but when MASH showed its final episode in 1983, the population of the United States was 234 million, and 106 million people watched MASH. That's 45% of the population watched MASH at the time. Two days ago, in a country of 336 million, 120 million people watched the Super Bowl, and that's 36% of the population. Get it? 36% saw the Super Bowl of the current population. 45% were watching MASH at the time. And I contend to you that the audience for that show is still, by fair definitions, the largest audience for a TV show, because at that point, hey, you know what? In China, they had 250 million. So it's bigger. Well, but China has a billion and a half people. It wasn't quite as big a percentage of shit. And I will stick with that. Okay. Your thoughts. So you you will accept this as the second largest program ever that uh, under these circumstances, or is this the third, fourth, or fifth? What happened on Sunday? Oh, I, you know, what was the second biggest entertainment program besides Super Bowls? I don't know. I don't know what it was. But the the MASH event stood by itself, and I don't think there was ever a, a show that even came close uh, for its final episode. And by the time Seinfeld was around to to leave, you know, the there was already so much uh, splintering that uh, that audience wasn't even close to what MASH was from either size or percentage. But uh, I notice, uh, I think you're kind of uh, coming around to my no, I'm way not, of thinking I'm, here. I'm I can not. tell you are. You're finally you're finally acknowledging the truth of this. And that's, it's... Wikipedia is very helpful for this. They take out the Super Bowls. They give you the moon landing with 150 on this one. 
They give you MASH with 106 million viewers, but you're looking at shares. Number three, according to Wikipedia, would be the Who Shot JR, Who Done It uh, show, 83.6 million. Would you consider that a higher or more watched program than the last Super Bowl that we watched two days ago? Uh, you have to get out the population of the country that year and do the division. But uh, that sounds about equal to MASH. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a higher percentage of people available at the time than even the, the American Super Bowl population the of the American population in 1981 was 229 yeah. and a half million people. Okay. And 83.6 of 229 is well over 30%. It's probably closer to about 38% of the American population. I'm doing it right here, and it is 36%. It is 36%. It is equivalent to the Super Bowl. All right. It is equivalent 36. To, so you but can not even, but not even, but not even close okay. to MASH. It, Brit, it just, <laughs> you got, you got to give it up. Okay. So look at it this way. Do you have, for the Super I mean, is there some, Bowl, is, there, the, is, there some sort of personal, this, this, is there some sort of. <laughs> yeah, because we lived in a fucking world of ratings our whole lives, Brit, and they manipulated them and they bullshitted them whenever they wanted to make them look better or look worse, and we saw that. So for the Super Bowl to have an equivalent share percentage of the audience available watching, and I'm not even counting illegal immigrants, but uh, of, of people that we know uh, are counted as citizens and people here, for them to have had the same percentage of people that watch MASH, 45% of 336 million, there would have had to have been, oh, about 170 million, 175 million, and it didn't get close to that. It didn't get close to that. And that's that's not ripping on the Super Bowl. That's not ripping on the fact that it's the, the biggest day of the year. Uh, but Jesus Christ, do they have to do that every year? And by the way, even the fucking lead up to the game, it was well, going to be the most watched Super Bowl ever. Well, you know what? I've only got two two eyes. I've only got people in the room that watch with me. Do I give a shit whether a bunch of Taylor Swift hangers on suddenly decide that they have to wow. watch the suit? Does that affect? Does that make me feel better? Am I part of something more important this year, this game, than all wow. the other fifty six previous Super Bowls? You know, can we fucking turn down the hype machine on nothing? Can we do it? My God, I'm about to go into a hospital to try to have my life saved. I don't want to come out on the other side and still have these lies being told about our country. And when Donald J. Trump is... Sorry. I was... Once upon a time, yeah, once upon a time, you told me there was a right-wing talk show host in me just dying to get out. And to me, that was like, you were right there. You were right there. I don't want a bunch of Taylor Swift hangers on watching this game and inflating the numbers. What the hell is that? Hey, let me ask you a question. You know, uh, uh, Mr. Kelsey. Yeah. Mr. Kelsey is the luckiest man in the world. He is now luckier than... Lou Gehrig was when he was dying and made a speech at Yankee Stadium. He should consider himself yeah. the luckiest man in the world that the Chiefs won because had they lost that video of him and the stills that come from it of him practically beating the shit out of Andy Reid would have ended all the hype 
Taylor Swift would have been back in Japan faster than you could say Toyota. And the two of them would have broken up had they lost that game. And had he, you know, he, you can destroy 15 years of athletic excellence, good deeds you've done in Kansas City and back home in Cleveland with one stupid move. And he's getting away with it because they won and because Andy Reid is a bigger man than he'll ever be, ever. I, I don't have any argument. I don't have any – I mean, it, it is a different discussion if they lose that game. It's also, you know, 72 or 96 straight hours on Fox News. And, well, I guess that's over. I guess the Taylor Swift thing was a big bomb. I could, you know, that, that would have happened. But I'm officially very tired of the looking at that photo of him nearly bowling over Andy Reid and people going, well, you know, if that would have been a black player. If that would have been a black guy, oh, I hadn't, even, a black I hadn't even thought of the racial oh, thing. It's, yeah. been, it's 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 all over the place. It's well, you know, if it would have been a uh, what is a white coach and a black player? Well, if it's a black coach and a white player, what if it was a black coach and a black player? What if it was like a oh god, stop it, just fucking stop it, God Almighty! Well, thank goodness that's not part of the equation. It's just it's white. just bad. It's just just bad. Uh, so he's he's really 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 lucky. Uh, that it's, they that they won that game. That's the more interesting discussion to me is that he has had in his career, and it hasn't happened in a long time. But when he was in college, of course, we know that he got kicked off the team at the University of Cincinnati for being just a partying animal, a guy who just could, you know, he would give into his baser instincts. And it's happened a couple times where he's thrown his helmet now and stomped and on Christmas Day in front of everybody with the highest rated Christmas game in 30 years against the Raiders. He went crazy, went nuts to a team that they they beat on the reg. And then on the Super Bowl, you know, in front of the largest television audience in the history of humanity, <laughs> he nearly kills Andy Reid. <laughs> Wait, how, how big was it? History of humanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would have gone with since the earth cooled. <laughs> But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you're right. He's very, very fortunate that he won and that, you know, he's, he, not only did he win, he's got the biggest star in the world on his side and holding his hand and all that other stuff. I think he realizes he's a very lucky guy and I hope that he either retires or figures out how to, you know, not be so pissed off when things don't go well, 14 minutes into a game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, We've certainly analyzed the Super Bowl the way you want it analyzed. I think that's all we got. It was a very boring game up until the fourth quarter, really. Right, right. Okay. Uh, On on John Stewart, uh, I thought I would give on on the ten scale. I'd give that a good eight point five. It was strong. Good eight point five. I know there's a a lot of whining from uh, the lefties that uh, he both sides that. Way, way too much that he said too many mean things yeah. uh, about Joe Biden. I, I kind of disagree with that. I think you can be intellectually honest and kind of notice that Joe Biden is uh, uh, not at the top of his game physically. Uh, yet at the same time, as long as you are going out of your way to make sure that everyone remembers that Donald Trump is actually intellectually challenged and way worse off on the dementia train and that uh, forgetfulness is not just the province of people that age 
uh, and he put together a, a a series of clips from Eric Trump and Don Trump. Right. Yeah. Um, unable to remember anything. When they were giving depositions, she couldn't remember anything. And Donald Trump couldn't even remember that he was the guy that said he had the greatest memory in the history of memories. He couldn't remember that. Um, and as long as that's pointed out, I'm good. I'm not changing my vote from Biden to Trump for, for, for any reason, because Joe Biden, bottom line is, clearly we have to get over the, the idea that we are electing the person who won the best speaker contest in high school. That's not on the, you know, we're not uh, looking for the person who's got the quickest, snappiest ad libs yeah. at any given moment. We're looking for a person who can implement policies and represent the country best uh, around the world. And fortunately, fortunately for Joe Biden, and fortunately for those of us who support him and uh, are willing to overlook the deficits that he might have, the attributes that he does have are able to be pointed out more easily because of the extreme deficits that Trump has and his inability to keep his mouth shut over really, really important things. I mean, for him to, to come out, the guy who doesn't pay his bills, the guy who won't pay the carpenter, won't pay the painter, who owes money apparently in the tens of millions to lawyers that he seems to need supporters who really probably don't have the money to be able to afford to send in the contributions to pay for his lawyers for for him to publicly announce to Vladimir Putin, the man who did help him get elected in 2016, or get him, he got him elected in, there's no question about that. You know that as the Russia hoax. It was no hoax. It no. never was a hoax. Right. It's not a hoax now. And he's now bookended the Russia, if you're listening, comment from back then with saying now, uh, Vladimir, if you're listening, you can invade any damn country you want because I'm not going to defend any country that hasn't uh, kept up their their bill paying to NATO, which, by the way, he hates. Yeah. Suddenly he cares more about whether um, Romania is is uh, 100% square with their bills from that and it doesn't work that way it, it it really doesn't work that way and it never did work that way but trump the master of the i'm going to make shit up lie about it say it over and over again he's been on this kick for all these years but to actually explicitly say over the weekend that russia hey not only am i going to pull the rug out from underneath ukraine which i agree with you isn't a real country it never really existed. It's always been yours. It's It's been like the ninth hole at Doral. That's mine. It's always been mine since I declared it to be mine. Um, since then, um, you got it. Ukraine, you got it. And if you like uh, Latvia and Estonia, Lithuania, you like the Eastern Bloc again, you want to bring those back in, hey, go ahead. Who gives a shit? We don't care about them. 
That's basically what he said. It's all, he said it's all he, would, he, would, he would encourage Russia to do whatever the hell they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, if, if somebody's not paying their bills, <laughs> just go ahead and just, just pave over somebody. Uh, and he would, I don't know, you know, given his penchant for secrets and stuff, he might be able to help Putin with some information as to where to hit. So to make the best impact, do you think? Now, Britt, that's just crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Um, I think when we go back to when we talk about John Stewart, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about the show itself and what he really said versus the coverage. I just showed a little bit for people who are watching of the media it is, and he, it, it appears by what their headline said was that, oh, it's just pick this guy, this old white guy, or this old white guy. And to some people, that's what the headline will be that he was railing on, but that's not right. at all what he said. That's not at that's all, right. not, not in the least of, of what he said. And I think most people who, uh, watch that show. We're going to be heavily liberal anyway. There are some independents that don't have any baggage that are going to be like, well, I just find the guy entertaining. But there's a heavy, a heavily liberal audience. No, it's not going to. I don't think it's going to influence anyone. And if you if you take even just a moment to look at the clip, then you'll know that he's not saying, well, it's just this old guy or this old guy. That's not at all what happened. That is sort of the plan that happened in 2016 with Hillary Clinton was, well, okay, he's got baggage, but God, she's got baggage too. So I'm just picking between two people that have baggage. That's what they tried to do in 2016, and they were somewhat successful in doing. Uh, the big difference for me with John Stewart 2024 versus John Stewart 2015, which was the year that he left, is John Stewart was the original, at least, you know, in modern times, influencer. He didn't wear a shirt that said, I'm an influencer, but he was in a lot of ways. He moved people to vote. He moved people to pay attention to things that they might not otherwise pay attention to because he was so, so good at entertaining. And he surrounded himself with this, this cast of people. Uh, none of whom could be held down. And, you know, I don't have to go through the list of people that are part of the John Stewart coaching tree. Right. We know who they are. But back then, The Daily Show, on a very vibrant Comedy Central that had other original shows at the time, it wasn't just reruns of The Office and Futurama. And just, I mean, if look at that schedule on that network now. There's nothing except that. In other words, they've stripped it down. They've given up. They spend no money on it. It's like your local newspaper. It's a piece of syndicated shit. Okay. <laughs> so, but back then, Comedy Central had a real audience. And they didn't just rerun The Daily Show at you know uh, 2 a.m. for the West Coast and things. But there would be a rerun of it the next morning. It would be on the next morning. Remember that? Well, look now. Now, nothing. It's all Futurama all morning on a Tuesday morning and Wednesday. And in other words, they, they're, they're, they're almost ashamed, embarrassed, uh, unwilling to do even the most minimal promotion of the show by running it during the day. The next day when people haven't seen it. But then on the other hand, in the last nine years, tens of millions of people cut the cord and don't get cable TV anymore. 
and they're not even going to be able to watch it live if they wanted to. It's over. It's gone. So now you're dependent 100% on viral social media and people seeing it that way. And then, Britt, what was that show that was on two nights ago, had football players? What was that called? Super Bowl. <laughs> they couldn't take one commercial break yeah. that would end with a promo for a CBS show like yeah. Doogie, Doogie Hauser is a fireman working for NCIS or what, ghosts, all that shit. That they, they couldn't take one of those breaks to mention that Jon Stewart is back because Comedy Central is still owned by Paramount Plus Global, CBS, whatever. The, it's still there. It's still their show. And they couldn't. This is Jon Stewart. This is the man. This is it. Why, what, what do you make of that? What is that just know. incompetence or what do, what do you it's, make of that? It's kind of a passive aggressive. Ah, fuck it. Who cares anymore? We're done. But okay, John, do what you want. But we're not going to give up any of that valuable TV real estate during the Super Bowl to to promote. No, 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 no. It's so very, it's very strange. That's it's the difference. Odd. He's not he's not going to be able to have as much influence. One, because of that. Two, he's only on one day a week. And they, three, they made sure because, he was promoted. They had him on the Gail King show and they kind of reran one of the clips. Oh, exactly. Ooh, yeah. Kind of reran one of the clips of that during the Nor O'Donnell show. So he's got the over 80 crowd. He's got the Joe Biden demographic. Uh, yeah, no. Just no. But all of the no. all of the geniuses that are sitting around and going, we need to promote the new show after Colbert, this tracker thing. We got to do that. So help me, Todd. Yes. Check, check. Hey, what about that thing? You know, we're paying John Stewart a lot of money. Should we have a promo? No, fuck that. No, we're not going to do I mean, it's just it's just odd to me. Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, in one sense setting him up for failure, but he'll probably overperform anyway because people like him and, and uh, he's good. I mean, well, it, he, to me, he didn't lose one bit of a step. You could tell no. that he was more comfortable doing what he did on Monday night than you've seen him doing anything else. It last nine years. Every other thing that he has done has just not been the same. And you know what? This felt like, yeah, uh, the sheriff is back in town and, and he's uh, he's got control of, of everything. So I liked it. I wish he was on more than one day a week. Yeah, that can always change that. You never know. You never know if he's uh, willing to work a little bit harder and you know, not feed the chickens Tuesday through uh, Saturday or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is that he does with his, uh, with his spare time. All right. Uh, but here's proof that uh, Super Bowl ads actually work. The uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Jennifer Lopez, Tom Brady commercial for Duncan uh, worked so well. They're wearing these goofy looking orange track suits to say Duncan on them. And they sold out in 19 minutes, 19 minutes after the commercial ran 60 bucks to buy one of these. Wow. Whoop-de-doo. Yay. Super Bowl ads still work. They well, you would look like a moron walking down the street. Well, you would figure somebody would put roller skates on since Usher uh, reintroduced those at the Super Bowl. A bunch of Americans yeah. would have gone out and ordered a shit ton of those things. Yeah. Yeah. This is where we need Larry King to go. What's the deal with the roller skates? 
it didn't make him sound any better. You know, something of that sort. But you know what, Britt? We ended up watching, and I'm talking about you and me, we actually watched more of this game, I think, than any other Super Bowl that we've seen, because usually we're up and walking around and, and uh, trying to figure out what to eat next. I think we... I think we settled in, even though the game was was kind of pedestrian until you got to that fourth quarter, when uh, when everything was on the line. When everything was on the line. Uh, what else here? All right, Chief Justice Roberts tells Jack Smith to step on it. Step on it. Uh, okay, here's another, just completely, completely unnecessary. Hype on the cables yesterday. Breaking news, Trump appeals to Supreme Court on immunity forever. We knew he was going to do that. It's not breaking news. The, The deadline was midnight on Monday for him to do that. So when they when they make the when they make the presentation to the Supreme Court that they want them to handle it. It's not breaking fucking news. It's not. <laughs> it's not. If I tell you something's going to happen a week from now and it happens, how could that be breaking news? But again, you know, we have a thing about that. But here's, I guess, I haven't watched TV this morning. I don't know whether you would call this breaking news, but it's certainly interesting news. Uh, John Roberts, who is, no, not that John Roberts, not not the sellout loser on Fox. Ah. Uh, but the U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice has given Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, special counsel, I guess, just a week to file a motion explaining why Donald Trump should not have presidential immunity for all of his election subversion crimes. Gee, you think Jack Smith is going to be able to whip that together in a whole week? That's so unfair. <laughs> Brit, I See, I love this because, at least to me, and again, I'm not a, I haven't watched anybody talk about it. I assume that you get to assume that when John Roberts says, get this shit to me in a week, it means they want to get this and stomp Trump's ass and tell him, uh, we're not taking this case. You got no case, Trump. Uh, I mean, Jack Smith is going to bring in two U Haul trucks worth of evidence and reasoning as to why Donald Trump should not have presidential immunity. But I guess he could save his time by just uh, going to the old uh, green ink mimeograph machine down the hall at the Justice Department (laughs) and running off a copy of what the uh, district court in D.C. said last week. I think it was like 57 pages where they told Trump to get the fuck out of here. You got nothing, right? But John Roberts could have, if he was, oh, say, Judge Aileen Cannon in Florida, said, oh, we'll give you four months. We'll give you four months, and we'll make a decision in four months uh, about this. But he didn't do that, did he? He didn't do that. He wants it done. They do recognize the calendar, and it is fair to recognize that. And all these arguments about, oh, Donald Trump, it's not he's not given a fair shake to to uh, represent himself in these cases. The average amount of time in a federal case is nine months, and Donald Trump may have at most six. To 
because he's got no defense. <laughs> when you know what? When you have a defense, I guess you need more time. But he could he could examine, and his lawyers could examine every piece of written evidence or video evidence from after the election through January 6, 2021. And they couldn't come up with a defense for him that makes any sense. That isn't just a lie. That isn't just a spin. So at least at this moment, and we always reserve the right to change our minds, Britt, way to go, John Roberts. One week. Okay. We can dig it. He surprises you sometimes. He can he can surprise you. Well, because do you think he really wants to go down in the history books as the guy who was always on the side of Clarence Thomas or Samuel Alito? No, he doesn't want to be that guy. He, you know? he, well, right he now does. though, is stuck in the craw of MAGA Americans. He is the guy that saved Obamacare. That's what that's what they're going to put on his his tombstone. Well, but you know what? They ain't going to be the ones that that uh, uh, produces tombstone. That's correct. Okay? <laughs> because. Because I, I can assure you, if uh, they do the correct thing, the court does the correct thing, that already moves to the back of the line behind, they told Trump he didn't have absolute immunity. He went to trial and was convicted of trying to overturn the election and subvert the United States government and the process by which we elect a president, which is confirming the votes of the Electoral College on January 6, 2021. That, that will... That 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 will move past Obamacare. I can I can assure you. It's, uh, okay. it's, it's like, well, Ni- you know, Nixon. If he wouldn't have done Watergate, it would have been he invented the EPA. Well, uh, that kind of moved to the back of the line after a few other things happened. <laughs> he was president. He was president when the moon landing occurred. Uh, he he gave a play to the Washington Redskins for Super Bowl, you know, thirteen. Now, well, that moved back after he he did that little thing. Are, are you, you know, we've been gone for two weeks. Were you stunned on the over and under of the $50 million legal bill figure that was out there that he's, he's basically stolen 50 million from people who contribute Yeah. to the, these, whatever these pack are, that is. These are not real numbers to me. So I, I can't really say whether I was surprised or not. It's like when you see that, um, the, the money that Shohei Otani is making over a number of whatever years, I, I don't, that doesn't seem like real money. If you told me he owed 50, I would say, yeah. If you told me if it was twice that I'd say, okay. Uh, it, it, all of it is, it's all just one pile of bullshit anyway. And the point is that, yes, he's doing exactly what you said, stealing from these, these homers that keep continuing to give him nickels and dimes. Meanwhile, they're three weeks behind on paying their chase credit card or whatever. I mean, a lot of this stuff is just, it's just preposterous. It shouldn't surprise anyone. He doesn't pay people over a period of years. Um, That's been one thing that's been very consistent about Donald Trump going back 30 odd years is that if you, if you have, if he has work done for him, you're not going to get paid for it. It's just not going to happen. Well, but it might happen. (laughs) (laughs) Keep hope alive. Call, call my people. <laughs> call my people. Uh, the inflation genie, uh, not playing as nice as we uh, 
one or two today, even though actually if you pull back and look at what's going on, inflation is still receding. It's still there and it's higher than we want, but it's a lot lower than it was. But every month when they release the inflation numbers, one-tenth of a point in either direction is enough to get people excited or or really, really nervous. And uh, it was a, just a tenth of a point higher in a couple of different measures this month than it was uh, last month. But uh, overall, the trend is is still down. But apparently, most of the rise in the last month that ends up being point one is the cost of housing. And I'm thinking, well, wait, what? You know, we have a housing shortage, so the rents go up, and, and, and we know how that works, and they're not building enough houses, and they're not building enough apartment units. And there are so many things that are such cross-currents, it's impossible to, to know, even if you're a good economist. But if you have millions of people pouring in, and they're coming from mental institutions and all that shit. Okay. But they're not all coming from mental institutions. A lot of people get into this country, many of them legally, many of them illegally, but they go somewhere and many of them do end up working. Sometimes doing jobs that Americans don't want to do. We have an extremely low unemployment rate, probably because of that. Right. But these people need a place to live. So they put pressure on the already constrained housing supply that pushes prices up, rents up, and it's reflected in this number. So if you said tomorrow, if you could snap your fingers and say, all right, we're we're closing off the country, if Trump gets elected, right, uh, and puts in draconian measures and starts rounding up people that he's decided shouldn't be here, well, does that mean housing prices are suddenly going to fall because there's going to be a lot of vacancies and rental properties all across the country? I don't know. I don't know. I want. I want to. I want to. Seems to be an overreaction in 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 any direction, don't you think? I, I want to uh, speak to what you talk about as far as the border and immigration because I'm I was up in um I was up in a county close to us last night, one of the rural counties, Stokes Counties, which is north of where we are in the same media market. But as a card carrying member of the old white guy club, I do watch the news and in jeopardy and, and wheel of fortune, not in that order. And I was, we were watching it last night as a family visiting my niece. My niece had a baby uh, a few weeks ago. So we were up there talking to the baby and, oh, cool. and my mom was there and my stepdad was there and we're watching the commercials come on. And it's some of the candidates, I don't know, they're watching on Hulu Live, so I don't know if they insert commercials. So it was some of the candidates that you and I see from on a regular basis, like that Bo Hines guy and Mark Walker. Um, but then there was another guy I hadn't seen. He had a beard, which was disturbing. And then Richard Hudson from down in the Charlotte area. And they basically got a template. I'm going to, they call it now hardening the border, going to harden the border. Uh, we're going to do this. We're going to put the, the the razor wire up, blah, blah, blah. and it's the, and they ran those commercials several times. So there's a template on that, and that's how they're trying to get out to their voters. There's no talk of the economy. There's no talk of the the massive jobs that are specifically coming to this area. No word the the massive uh, infrastructure projects that have benefited this area. None of that shit. They're just playing the hits, and it's just you know brown people coming across the border to give your babies fentanyl. 
that's that's what they're doing and that's that's how they're going to continue to hit this i think throughout the entire summer and into the fall think about it and it's early yeah they're, they're probably going to get more stark they're they're going to get more down in the dirt racist yeah don't you think I would say I, it's not going to get less racist. I'll say that <laughs> it's not going to be like, oh no, we went too far. Let's pull back. We've done some research, and our voters don't like. It. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I gleaned this from from somewhere, which is that one of the Republican talking points is going to be this: every state is a border state. Yeah, yeah. Every state is a border state. So if you're in Wisconsin. If you're in Michigan, if you're in Ohio, you're you're in a border state. You're in a border state. Richard Hudson uh, needs to update his shit because he's still got impeach Mayorkas on there, and then the, that that didn't work so well. I think they, yeah, I think they, I don't think they're going to do that anymore. <laughs> they're going to bring it back. They're going to do it again. Well, they're going to do it again. They, yeah, but Brett, Brett, don't you know how it works? When you hit your head against the wall. You have okay? to do it again. You're obligated well, to do well, it again. Of course. You can't do it once. You guys you, you know. guys know the story by now that they had Representative Al Green who had had like an abdominal surgery on Monday or something. The vote's on Thursday. And they thought, well, that fucker's not going to be here. We'll just vote this thing in. He, Al Green wheels himself in in a wheelchair and scrubs. He goes, hey, over here. <laughs> It's one of the great underrated moments, I think, in the House of Representatives' modern history anyway. That was very funny. Really pissed off Marjorie Taylor Greene, so you know you're doing something right there. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what the... I don't know how it all turns out. Um, we're, We're in this... We're in this position... Whereas, as citizens, we're seeing in front of us something that we've never really seen, which is kind of a, a collapse of one of the political parties. Uh, there is a special election as we speak today in the state of New York to replace the beloved, sainted, legendary George Santos. <laughs> What a career. Right. But here's the, and I haven't done any research on this, but from what I understand, this is a very close election today. How could that possibly be? How could it be possible that after Republicans were hoodwinked and swindled and tricked and gerrymandered, of course, a little bit, into being able to vote to elect George Santos two years ago, that they would turn around and not punish the political party that did this. Or have uh, they convinced, and this was one of the talking points during all the George Santos stuff, right? It's the Democrats' fault that George Santos got elected. Remember that shit? Remember that crap? I do remember this. Yeah. Uh, it's the press's fault. They didn't cover him enough. It was just some small little paper on Long Island. And then the New York Times a month later did a little thing on it. That was it. And they should have, 
They should have investigated George Santos more. So we're going to punish the Democrats and elect another completely inadequate, crazy-ass Republican. You know, have you seen that woman? She's nuts. She's crazy. So do you, do you think the, the election in New York has been colored by some of that stuff with the immigrants in New York and the attacks against the cops and stuff like that? Anything. Yeah. 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 I mean, and and we're, we're not there. And of course, one congressional district on Long Island, uh, it probably costs a fortune to do media there, because if you have to buy New York City media. Right. <laughs> for one congressional district. Right. But uh, you know, they don't give you a discount because your commercial is seen in New Jersey and Connecticut. No. <laughs> and uh upstate new york and the rest of long island out of the district you pay the you pay the price they don't uh, they don't divide it down for you but uh now have we have, have we done laura trump yet so to speak did we cover uh, the tell laura, laura i love her yeah, wow, tell- wow. Th- this is this is the creepiest thing maybe that isn't getting the attention that it deserves because in every dictatorship that you can think of what happens fairly quickly when the dictator becomes the dictator, he starts to surround himself with bigger and bigger and bigger sanctimonious suck ups, right? People Mm -hmm. who will not disagree with him. And very often that means family members because supposedly you're able to trust your own blood more than anyone else not to be confused with destroying the blood of our country okay uh i mean look saddam hussein had his two dopey kids uday and hussein Hussein, yeah right um all these dictators they always do that because they're afraid i know in in pakistan and they they all do it They, they do it all the time but trump being the greatest dictator in waiting of them all, apparently is trying to do this before he's even elected. He's trying to completely bend, if he hasn't already, the Republican Party to his will, and it appears that he already has, um, by putting in, she's from North Carolina, right? North Carolina native, Laura Trump. It's funny you should say that because I was just looking up her biography on the Wikipedia. She is from Wilmington. Um, she went to the same high school as Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Um, she graduated from NC State University, and then she attended the French Culinary Institute, which doesn't bother me at all. But I think to the voters and the MAGA Americans, I think it would be very interesting to know that the head of the Republican Party, the committee, the RNC, is about to be a graduate of the French Culinary Institute. I don't think that's ever happened. I know, but again, I, I think that'll take backseat to the fact that uh, her last name now is Trump, and that's just the greatest thing ever. It is. Nothing can yes. nothing can diminish that. You've she's had, married to a, Eric Trump. Remember, she's married to Eric Trump. Right, the dumbest of the Trump uh, kids by far. Right, the, the, the Prince Harry of the Trump family. <laughs> <laughs> right, and remember, she was thinking of running for senate the last time around and then yeah. when she saw the greatness of ted budd no decided i'm out if you want a part of that yeah, yeah i'm out that. right right but the point is that donald trump is already stocking the shelves 
with uh, products that he's comfortable with. And uh, I don't think we've ever, again, this is unprecedented. It's never happened before. No presidential candidate. He's not the president waiting to be. He wasn't already elected. He isn't already the president. He's just a candidate. He's trying to name the head of the Republican National Committee. It's an outrage. Now, you could say, and this makes no sense because it hasn't happened under any other circumstance. Why doesn't somebody go to Donald Trump and say, fuck off, you don't run this place. We do. It's our party. Can't do it's that. It's our party, and you'll die if we want you to. Get out can't, of here, old can't man. Can't do that. It's, That's not possible because we don't have a plan right. B. We don't. We do not have a plan B. There is not like, okay, if Donald's not the head of the party, then it's going to be this person, this woman, these people. This is our team. Nope. There is no plan B. Yeah. yeah. But this is just out of Dictator 101, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the party that, that uh, Adolf Hitler represented in, in Germany before he became actual chancellor, I'm sure that uh, he had completely dominated that, made sure that, that they were all loyalists to him. And then he rewarded them when uh, he was made chancellor. And then he manipulated the next election it was it. It was game over. He's in. He's in business there. This sounds a lot like that. Uh, so if Laura Trump running the Republican National Committee, so does that mean we're gonna have to find a a place to to play put Don Jr. Uh, well, as I've said, this is the family. Know. This is the family business now. It's not the golf yeah. courses. It's not the the wine or the vodka or the ties or anything. This this is the family business now. Yeah. Right. Right. But he can't. He can't put any of them. God forbid, he should be elected Ugh. back in the White House. You know, in the building with him in the West Wing. He can't do it. There's not going to be a Jared Kushner too. No, no. it's not going to happen. It's not going to be. But that doesn't mean you can't find other other things for them to do to to help not be uh, oppositional to you in any sense of the word. I just want. I just want you there to tell me that I'm still the greatest father-in-law you've ever had or something I, like that. I have, a, uh, I have a sobering thought for you. Baron Trump is going to turn 18 in about six weeks or so. That, five that weeks. Is about, that's about the time he hits six foot 11, right? <laughs> Somebody's going to be picking colleges soon. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. I would just I would just like to just let that, that that's a nightmare if you're a legitimate college and he, you know, applies. Now, Hillsdale could offer him 5 million dollars to come there. I mean that could that could just happen. Here is a basketball and it's a miracle NIL deal for 5 million dollars just for you asshole. I mean that that could happen, but if you're a legitimate school, if you're a Duke or you're a, a University of Pennsylvania or if you're, you know, someplace Liberty Bob Jones University, uh, and you get an application from this guy. How do you handle that? Well, we're not going to know anything about whatever process there is. I don't so think great. unless somebody's really willing to do the uh, the dirty work or something starts to to leak out about the the process for Baron Trump. 
Where do the Obama kids go to college? Do they go to Georgetown? Where do, I can't remember where they. One of them went to Georgetown. One went to, maybe to Stanford, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um. But you know when you're when you're he's like six eight right now. Okay, yeah. he really is tall. Uh, and he's and he's Trump. But but it's funny. We know nothing. We know nothing about him. We've never heard. No one's ever heard him talk. No. Right. And we certainly heard the uh, Obama girls talk. Okay. They, uh, they shielded them pretty well, but, but at least, you know, they, they did talk and there are family pictures, uh, but there's, there's nothing here with, but I, I would think that this process will be completely handled on the maternal side. Don't you think? Oh my God. And it's another thing that, I mean, uh, Donald Trump, he's a busy man, Britt. He's well, a busy you know, man trying to save our country and he doesn't will- have time. Yeah. I will keep hope alive for Duke University. I will hope that Stephen Miller can have some influence and somebody that tall wow. can help that, oh, that world class basketball. But there are so many things you could think of. Would they just not even want to be involved at Duke because? of that baggage that comes along with having someone named Trump on campus. You know, these colleges have enough issues right now. And it's not as if Duke needs the publicity. Okay. They don't need that anymore. Yes. But if you just reject him out, if you just reject him out of hand, you're welcoming another lawsuit. Now, again, he's running out of lawyers to sue people with, but you're, if you don't handle this the right way. Oh, you think, well, you think that the, 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 Okay, the Trump would sue on behalf of his son if he got rejected by well anywhere actually yeah um, because it would be political prejudice in the admissions process that should be totally illegal. We should go back to the way when America was great with legacy admissions all the time or anyway, but he doesn't have a legacy there. He's been discriminated. He's being discriminated against though, because of his father and the bad publicity. I mean, you can make no, a case out of this Brit, for sure. No, 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 here it is. It's because tall white people are discriminated against <laughs> at Duke at Duke. Unless, <laughs> tall, unless the name is Chris, Christian Leitner. Okay. Tall white privileged assholes are discriminated against at Duke university. And we can, it's a class action suit. 